Welcome to the Zen Single Mom Podcast. This podcast is all about living our lives from a whole, healed, and healthy place so that we can show up for ourselves and others in more meaningful and impactful ways. Our growth, healing, and fulfillment not only impacts our lives, but that of our children, communities, and the generations that follow. Here you'll find tools to decrease stress and promote overall well-being. Let's usher in the new era of the Zen single mom and create the lives of our dreams. In this special episode of the Zen Single Mom Podcast, we delve into the sensitive topic of grief through the lens of a heartfelt children's book. Joining us is Jocelyn Hardrick, a compassionate author, lawyer, mom, wife, teacher, and coach who wrote the touching book titled, I Miss You Daddy. This episode titled Navigating Grief Together, A Journey for Single Moms and Children, explores the inspiration behind Jocelyn's book and the importance of opening conversations about grief in single parent households. Together, we'll discuss practical ways single moms can support their children through the grieving process and the healing power of storytelling. Join us for a touching conversation filled with insights, empathy, and the strength that comes from facing grief together. Introducing our extraordinary guest today, Jocelyn Jean-Louise Hardrick, a true powerhouse in the realm of law, education, and literature. Jocelyn is not only a dedicated professor teaching criminal law and constitutional law at a law school, but she's also the founder of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc. Under her guidance, the organization runs the Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, fostering diversity and providing crucial support for law students. Beyond her legal prowess, Jocelyn is a multi-talented individual, an accomplished author and founder of the publishing company, Any Book That Inspires. Her commitment to diversity and mentorship has earned her prestigious awards, including the Florida Bar Young Lawyers Division 2019 Diversity Award and the Delano Stewart Award for Diversity. In her spare time, Jocelyn channels her creativity through writing children's books, mentoring, aspiring lawyers, and indulging in her passion for art and the beach. Today, we're honored to have Jocelyn share her insights and experiences in our episode, Navigating Grief Together, a journey for single moms and children. Welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you for having me, Erica. Thank you for being here. Can you share with me a bit about your personal journey and what led you to write I Miss You, Daddy? Of course. That's what connects the two of us. My brother passed away during the height of COVID from colon cancer. And his kids were sad, obviously. We were all sad. And we couldn't even have an in-person funeral. So we had to do the memorial service by Zoom. And I remember his daughter said something to me, man, I miss my daddy. I wish I could write like a letter to him or tell him. And I said, well, you can write that as a book. She knew that I wrote children's books. And she said, oh, can you help me write it? And so I said, sure, I'll write a story and then I'll send it to you. And I, I put it into like paper with a box 
and mailed it to her so she can illustrate it. Just as an exercise to help with grief. We all have different ways to deal with it. And AJ, your son, who is my nephew, named after my brother, was pretty young. So he wasn't really quite at the place where he could participate in that process. But his daughter was. And then she mailed it back to me and I scanned it. It was just meant to be a cute project for her. She was like, is there a way I can publish it? I said, maybe. We can talk about that once it's done and everything. I mean, I wasn't at the point where I was publishing books for other people yet, but I decided maybe I should turn this into an actual book. But it was grieving too. I kept trying to write it and I was just like, oh man. So I decided I'm going to write a brand new story, right? Because the original one was for my niece and for her. So I wrote a brand new story and I tried to write it from a perspective of a child and in different phases and different places and different relationships, just expressing that they missed their dad and that they loved them and that they missed various activities that they did. I tried to imagine the activities I have with my own kids and what they would miss and what I would miss. And then I put it together and I actually illustrated using some stock art and different things like that. I did the illustrations and arranged them and then I still had a hard time (laughs) releasing it because I'm like, this is so tough. But I said, let me just be vulnerable. I wrote a nice blog post to introduce it so people understand the history because it had been, what, three years, right, since my brother had passed. And I said, okay, I think I'm ready to release this. And I just posted it on social media one day and shared it with you by text and some other people. Let my mom read it and some other folks before I put this out in the world. And it was very cathartic. It really released some pent-up emotions and things like that. So that was all the emotion behind it. That's the story behind it. And the reaction has been great so far. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. I remember when you shared it on social media and you sent it to me. And it definitely brought tears to my eyes because it's a very sensitive topic. And it can be difficult to start those conversations with children, especially when they're small and explaining what it means to to lose a parent, especially as a single mother, Uh dealing with that loss and grieving yourself and then also having to hold space for your children Uh as they are also grieving. It's definitely a much needed book. So I appreciate you for writing it. Thank you so much. (laughs) And the illustrations are so cute. I feel like it it really, it reminded me of him and AJ, really, because yeah. when AJ was born, he was bald. Yes, the <laughs> so, little mohawk that started out. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, it was so cute. But yes, the cover reminds me of the both of them. So oh, yeah. definitely a job well done. I know that this book was a labor of love and a tribute to Omri. So tell me, how did your personal connection with the story impact the writing process And how does the emotional depth resonate throughout this book? The stories arrived to me almost fully formed, Mm -hmm. which sounds weird. When I used to hear that from creatives, I'm like, what does that even mean? And then, of course, now I'm in touch more with my creative side and I get it. This Mm. story was having a hard time arriving. (laughs) And I realized, oh, I'm grieving too. This is a Mm -hmm. tough subject. My brother and I were not that close. We had our grievances, but we just both recognized that we, our personalities conflict. And mm-hmm. we're both good where we're at. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to send you love. You send me love from a distance. <laughs> that, <laughs> that part was tough. Okay, now we have to reconcile, put that aside, spend more time together, get to know each other's families more. And then 
as almost as soon as that happened, he was gone. So then it's okay, I have to grieve that. So it took me a long time to get to the point to be able to write it. And then I also thought about sometimes you miss your daddy because he might be alive, just not in your life. Mm-hmm. You might not know who he is. There might have just been a situation with the, your mom where they just are not in touch. I've had people, some moms not tell their kids who their dads are. Like there's all these other scenarios. Yeah. And then for my own dad, he wasn't, he was absentee after they got divorced. So we were estranged. I haven't been in touch with him for a long time. So I also tried to write the book and add layers and nuance. So how, no matter where their dad is, they can express that they miss them and what they miss mm-hmm. about them. And then they're also, as being a lawyer and working at the courthouse, I've seen a lot of people go to prison and their kids are babies. And so they may miss them because of that as well. So there's all these layers of, you know, why someone misses their dad. And I try to create, reflect those layers in the book. So that goes to the depth of the book. Okay. So I like that you mentioned the different layers that you added in there because the grieving process doesn't just have to come from the death of a a father. Just like the many scenarios that you mentioned, it can come from any of those, but yet still children are grieving in that way. And it's important as mothers for us to help them through that process. So what advice would you give to a mother as far as how to incorporate this book into opening up those conversations about the grief and loss? Yeah, I would just read the book to them without saying, oh, we're going to talk about grief and loss now. You know what I mean? <laughs> then the kid's like, wait a minute, this feels formal, serious, what's happening, right? It could just be like right. amongst some books. You can leave it in the house, see if it catches their, your kid's attention depending on their age. They may pick it up and just start looking at it and say, oh, what's this? I want to read it. Or you could just say, oh, I have picked out a new book today. Is it okay if I read it to you? And then you read it and then just see how they react. Like, what energy are you feeling? Are they leaning in? Are they leaning back? Are they crying? Are they happy? And once you read it and you pick up their energy, you can start asking questions, right? And say, oh, what's your favorite part of this story? And then that can give you a clue about how they're feeling. I talk about, yes, we're sad, but there's all these great memories that help us to smile. So I put different activities that parents usually do with their kids, going to church, watching TV, playing in the park. So they might say, oh, I like the one they talk about going to the park. He says, why do you like the park? Yeah. And then you can ease into talking about their dad. And you have to look at your own comfort level because you may start getting emotional. Exactly. Yeah. And so you want to make sure you're coming from a peaceful place when you talk to your kids because they are so attuned to our energy and our emotions. They might feel like if you're getting sad, I'm making my mom sad and they don't want to Mm -hmm. do that. Or they may feel bad laughing and smiling if you're (laughs) crying. So I think it's important to ease into this if you're having a discussion. And if you're like, for example, one person on social media who responded immediately is a friend of mine whose brother passed. And Mm -hmm. so she may be in a better position to talk to her nieces and nephews than their mom because she's deep Mm -hmm. in the grief process. 
And so she can say, hey, I have this book for you guys. Can I read it? And see you, Miss Daddy. And they may feel more comfortable talking to their aunt because she's not as drowning in grief as their mom is. So that's another great way. Maybe if you have someone close by, close to your kids who can have that conversation and check in. You can also, if they're receiving therapy or counseling, bring it to the therapist or counselor and say, hey, do you think this would be a good resource? Because they have a good sense of where your kids are. And it may be, they may say yes, they may say no, and they can give you tips on how to use a book like that. And there are lots of ways to introduce it and just listen to it. Yeah, I love what you said about having a community, uh, someone else who can help with that conversation. A parent isn't able to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all great suggestions. And another one that you mentioned was the importance of really taking the time to check in with yourself first, Mm -hmm. because that's really important. Just like when this is actually our second time recording this, (laughs) because the first time I thought I was ready, but so many emotions came up for me and it was pretty challenging to get through the conversation. So I appreciate your patience and how sweet you were with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah I understand. It's tough. And it's, I wasn't going to mention it unless you brought it up, but even before that, you're trying to schedule it earlier. And I was thinking, are you sure? <laughs> you're like, right. Because I was like, oh, I'm like, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's how grief works. It sneaks up on you sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Especially during the holidays, during the person's birthday during Father's Day, right? Those are become like annual reminders of the absence. And in the book, I try to have the, the children focus on their presence. What was it yeah. like when they were here? And that can still be with you as you go forward in this physical life. Yeah, that's definitely important. Are there any specific activities or rituals you uh, recommend for families to um, commemorate the lives of those they've lost? Yeah, there's a lot of different cultural ways because, you know, I've seen people who have altars. Like in my family, we always have the picture of people hanging up in the family tree. And those who have passed away are usually have a prominent space where you have their pictures so that you can remember what they look like in this physical world. You can also decide like their birthday or a day that they really enjoy. They really love Christmas or they really love Halloween. You make that like the annual day to remember that person right and in their honor you do something you dress up and go all out because that person would have loved that your dad and then there are other great things like you and aj did the cancer walk and we contributed and wore mm-hmm. t-shirts and supported from afar those can feel very therapeutic and cathartic to do those kinds of because you're physically walking which is great for your body and there's something about that movement of walking Mm-hmm. That allows your mind to let go of some things. And then maybe the grief will come up and it needs to come up. I grew up in a house where we bottled our emotions and then it comes up as anger instead of grief. Yeah. So you definitely want to have safe spaces and activities to allow it to come up. But anything that is communal will be really helpful. So I've done those kinds of cancer walks, donating to a charity in that person's name, sharing that person's story can be nice. And just generally remembering that the person was there. Because I think hiding or trying to forget it is not the best strategy because it ends up coming up later. 
So any kind of ritual that's annual, I think will be helpful. So instead of waiting and dreading for something to come up like Mother's Day or Father's Day or their birthday, look forward to it by doing something fun on that day. Yeah, definitely. For his funeral, I sent out the package and yeah. it had the candle and it had the lantern yeah. in it to light, write a message on it and light it. Me and the kids have been doing that on an annual basis. We'll write a message on it and release the, can- the lantern, the way of remembering him. Mm-hmm. With the different scenarios that we discussed earlier that children could be grieving their fathers, if the mother is still dealing with guilt, feelings of guilt. How can they manage these emotions and provide a supportive environment without burdening themselves with undue guilt, especially if they're going through a divorce and if it wasn't a a very... Amicable? Yes. How would you suggest that they navigate that? I wrote an article about mommy guilt. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote in the context (laughs) of like lawyers and professional women, right? Because The reality is we have demanding occupations and careers. And so that means you have to say no to some of the things, the the 5011 things (laughs) happening when your kids' lives and schools and after school activities. And so it's interesting. I don't experience mommy guilt. I am, I made these decisions and they support me and my family. And just like I have to make sacrifices for them, they got to, make sacrifices for me as well. I see it more as a give and take. And for those who are experiencing guilt, I'd like to remind them that all of our emotions are here to send us messages. So if you ask yourself, why am I feeling this guilt? What lesson is this guilt teaching me? What need is going unfulfilled in my life that this guilt might be pointing me toward? So if you start asking better questions about what you're feeling, instead of saying, why do I feel so guilty? Say, okay, what message is it sending me? You may start Mm -hmm. to come up with better answers and then that alleviates the guilt. Okay. So you might feel guilty, not because you're going through a divorce. It's not working out with your dad, but you may feel guilty because you're so caught up in a divorce that you're not paying attention to your kids' needs and your own Mm. needs. Mm-hmm. because again, we bury these things down and they come up as anger, grief. You can grieve a, a marriage, even if it was a horrible marriage, you still experience mm-hmm. grief. If you keep burying it, it comes up as resentment and anger. Now you're angry screaming at your kids and, and, none, and none of these people are to blame, right? And so if you start to feel guilty, it's okay, wait a minute. What is this message I need to learn? What unmet needs am I ignoring? What emotions am I pushing down that's now coming up as negative emotions? And each time they come up stronger because it's like, oh, you didn't hear grief. So now we got to be resentment. You didn't hear resentment. Now uh-huh. we got to do anger. You didn't mm-hmm. hear anger. Now you have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's the first thing. What is this emotion trying to teach me? Self-care is really important, even when you're going through tough times. And so I just wrote another book <laughs> called Let Your Life Shine, <laughs> and it is for women. And it's written specifically towards Black women, but all women can benefit from it. And I talk about that stuff. What's interesting is when you become a mom, your needs get put to the back burner, and then mm-hmm. your light starts to dim a little bit. And society tells us our light should dim, but it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Do I have to put away all my creative pursuits? Do I have to 
stop doing everything, sure, you have to stop some things temporarily. But that book is all about how to start letting your light shine again, how to develop your inner glow, how to um, embrace your power. And that's really what women need to do, no matter what situation they're in. The primary goal of that book and my message now is you got to take care of yourself, not just the hair and the nails and the bubble baths. Those are cool. True self-care. Forgiveness. Right? Meditation, journaling to get your emotions out and really stay clear about what's happening. Quiet. Asking yourself, what will it take for me to have peace right now? Mm. Asking for what you really want. Saying no to the things you don't want. That's true self-care and that's the hard stuff. Yeah, that's the hard stuff. And so it's that inner work that will get moms back on track. I love it. Girl, I cannot wait to read this book. (laughs) Did you get your copy yet? I sent you the copy. No, I didn't. I mailed it, so it should get there soon. Oh, you mailed it. Okay, I can't wait to receive it. It has a a journal with it as well, right? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. It has an affirmations book. And then it has, if you don't got, you're like, I don't got time for all that. There's a seven-day action plan journal. So seven days to get you through. And it's just one day, 15 minutes. Once a day for seven days to get you at least started. And then there's the, the girls version. There's a um, girls book and a girls journal as well. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Those are great companion books to go along with this book. I also have a meditation on my website. You can do the shine meditation. 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's 10. Okay, so we got a whole plan here. Yeah. Okay, so here's the plan, ladies. <laughs> First, you check in with yourself, okay? (laughs) You pick up that journal because that's going to help with the self-check-in process. Mm -hmm. Meditate, self-check, and then you start to have the conversation with the kids. And I love that you have the journal as well for the little ones. I know it's specifically for girls and shining their light, but you definitely need that in this space for sure. Yeah. So thank you. I can't wait to receive it. Funny, my friend received it. She's reading it to her kids because she gives me feedback. Her daughter's very good at giving feedback and I'm like working on her with her book. But her son said, wait a minute. I want to... Where's my book? I know. That was going to be my next question because you know I got two boys. So he said, I like this book, but why is it only for girls? I need a boys version. I'm like, listen, I've written so many books. There's plenty of boys books, Okay. This one's for the ladies. He just gonna have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot. If you go to my website, you'll see I have books that I've written with my son, and the main mm-hmm. character is a boy. So there's at least five books where the main character is a boy. I have plenty of boys' books. You'll be eyes. All of my books are, have the theme of encouraging mindfulness mm-hmm. and celebrating diversity. So in my children's books. There's always a diversity of skin tones, hair textures, body shapes. I've, I'm very conscious about that. So, for example, I have a book called Love the Skin You're In. So it's four girls and they're all, from all the way fair skin, Lisa Bonet, to all the way dark skin, beautiful woman from um, Black Panther. She played the love interest, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> so then I got the same thing. Where's the boys version? So I said, okay. I did love the skin you're in too. T-O-O. It's all four boys. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm like, listen, every the boys ain't always going to get their version, but every now and then I'll do it. But yeah, because the 
you know how it is the skin we, black people come in all these skin tones so we gotta love all yes. of them i always make sure i have dark skin tones represented because they don't get a lot of representation i have books with asian characters hispanic characters muslim characters who were in a hijab sikh characters so all my books have different characters and honestly i grew up in new york city so i grew up seeing all these different kinds of people textures of hair, skin tones, languages, smells, foods, music. So I'm just trying to recreate that in my book. I'm speaking from my own personal experience. So, you know, if you want to go just beyond I Miss You, Daddy, there's lots of resources on my website. Awesome. Can you share your website with us? Oh, yeah. So I have a few. The main one is jocelynhardrick.com, which is my first and last name. For my books, anybookthatinspires.com. So that's the name of my publishing company, any book that inspires. For the Let Your Light Shine, I have lightshinebook.com. And then if you go to my main website, you'll catch all those because I have a podcast where I read some of my children's books. I have meditations. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel where I read my children's books. So you don't even have to buy the book. Just go to the YouTube channel, let the read aloud play. My goal is just make this stuff accessible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Your book talks about celebrating the life of loved ones, lost loved ones. How can mothers help children shift their focus from the sadness of the loss to celebrating the positive memories? Yes, the book is does a good job at that because it does start off with when you're feeling sad and you feel the absence and then it shifts into all the memories and all the great things. And the fact that different religions might phrase it differently, but most people and who have spiritual beliefs have this sense of, even though they're not physically here, they're spiritually here, they're here in our hearts, they live in our, like, even your genetic material, you grow up with their, some of their traits and their appearance and all that. Having kids remember that, right? Especially kids, it's like 50% your dad. So mm-hmm. he's living in you, in your hair follicles, in your skin, in your heart, in your different organs, in your chromosomes. So if they just get an understanding with that, I think that's a good place to start. And then like we said, with the rituals, so you can that's how you remember their, their presence and some of the good memories. Um, and he's talking to even an adult who had lost both his parents when he was young. And he said something to the effect of, man, I wish I could talk to my mom and get advice from her. And I'm like, you can you have an imaginary conversation, yeah. like in your journal or when you're meditating, imagine they're there and that you're talking to them. It's almost like Black Panther when they go have the conversation with their yeah. ancestors. I'm, I don't, I'm not saying you're actually talking to them. I don't know. You, you can lean on your spiritual beliefs about that. But I think just going through that exercise can allow a lot of reassurance. For example, mm. I've had people who write letters to loved ones that they've lost. And just if you felt like there was some unexpressed stuff. Just write a letter to them. And something about that can be so therapeutic. And so young kids, I think, because their imaginations are so wide open, they love doing stuff like that. Write letters to daddy and and update them on what's happening. Draw pictures. Art is good. Crafts. And then as they get older, they can transform that into something that works for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that art is a really good tool that it incorporates creativity and also allowing them to release those emotions and express it in a positive way. Like with writing of this book itself and how you started the writing process with his daughter and having her write the book 
and even illustrate the pictures. I thought that was such a beautiful idea and such a beautiful tribute to him. And I'm sure it was very therapeutic for her as well, because art definitely has a way of allowing us to channel those emotions and that energy. And it feels really good to see the finishing product when you're done. Yeah, it is a great way to express the grief and have a beautiful Mm -hmm. product at the end. If you talk to artists, that's what they say, right? Their art is life pouring out of them, right? Their grief, their loss, their just the stuff of life. And it really just can get your creative juices going. Yeah, I definitely can. So that's a really great suggestion. So we know that children may express grief differently than adults. How can moms recognize and support the various emotions children may be going through? I have a website that I recommend in the book because I'm definitely not a therapist or trained. Yes. (laughs) So I just (laughs) want to put that out there. But the (laughs) childbereavement.org has some great tips. And it says exactly what you said. Everyone experiences grief in different ways and in different time periods. And so what moms can do is create a caring, accepting environment to help with healing. Being in a community that has other grieving people can help. You also want to reach out to teachers and just let them know what happened. My child's dad passed away and grief can show up in different ways. And if you can just let me know if you notice anything different about my child that would be helpful because sometimes people forget to tell even the kids teachers I was an elementary school teacher for a year I had kids going through all kinds of stuff and I don't know what it is but I'm trying to be compassionate but then I'm also a teacher so I can't have the child just running all over the you know the classroom so sometimes it comes up as kids acting out sometimes it comes as kids checking out completely I had kids in my class, he's since the first day of class, falling out of his chair, doing this, that, and the other. So I was talking to his grandmother and he told me the dad passed away. I think he was like shot and killed. He was really close to him. So it's so shocking and immediate. And that's part of his acting out. Had another kid going through grief, but he was in class. He would just come late. He'd be sleeping all the time. He was checked out. Having the children's teachers keep a lookout will help. And there's usually grief counselors at the school as well can just observe your child without them even knowing because you don't want your child to feel like they're under a microscope that makes it worse the self-care is important and then you got to do the family care so you have some time carved out for you to do self-care and then maybe once a week just one sit down as a family and eat and just be in their presence you don't have to interrogate them right but you, you can you start to pick up things if you spend time with people you're in your own grief the kids are in their rooms doing their things you just completely miss things And then, Mm -hmm. like we said, had the family members check in. I think if they're surrounded by loving, caring people who just are keeping an eye out, that can help guide what the child needs. Because some kids are, they're okay with it. Ever since I was young, my grandfather passed away. Everyone was crying and upset. And I was like, oh, he's not here anymore. And I was, that was it for me. And I was good. (laughs) I don't know why I was like that. But if you're comparing my reaction to my sister's reaction, who you've met Manishka, she's very emotive she's very outgoing she talks a lot that's her personality so she's going to react differently than i will during grief even with my father becoming absentee we both had different reactions i accept it's like he made his choice and she's there's still a chance that he might reach out and i can share that by the way i don't want everyone to feel like why are you telling your sister's business so i wrote her a book too and that's in her book as well because that's something that she went through and so she allowed me to share it in one of the books that's going to be coming out soon But yeah, everyone's going to 
approach it differently. And so just be open to observing what's happening with them to then try to figure out how to respond. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you brought up the point about um, each child responding differently if, if the mother does have multiple children, because it may manifest differently in each child. So it's definitely something to look out for. Yes. And the age makes a big yeah. difference too. It definitely does. I know for AJ, he was three and he couldn't like verbally express how he was feeling. But I noticed that he would, he was very clingy and he followed me everywhere I went at night. He slept like right under me. Like I couldn't even roll over (laughs) because he was like right there. And he was also doing things like he would pick at his lips until they bled. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And the tough part about that during that time was that none of the therapists were seeing patients face-to-face, everything was online, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find a therapist that would take him at his young age online. <laughs> so that was challenging. It was very challenging, but I just I just did a lot of reassuring for him, and I just held him tight and just loved on him as much as I could. That's all I really knew what to do in that moment with the world being like it was at that time. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that definitely added another layer. We had to figure out a new way to grieve. Yeah. I read a book called The Myth of Normal. It's by Dr. Gabor Mate. And his parents were refugees from Nazi, like Hungary, the Nazi era. So his mom literally had to give him up at one year to someone else so that they can escape the Nazis, right? Because he was a baby. She couldn't escape with him. And he traced like some of his issues as an adult back to that moment. Really? And part of what he's teaching us is how to deal with children now, right? So that we can not repeat the mistakes of our past, but also understanding that our children, when they become adults, have to do their work as well. Because we can only do so much. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And so moms have to... We can't shield them from everything. Exactly. Moms have to release this idea that we have 100% control over how our kids turn out. We do not. We are here mm-hmm. as their guides. We do the best that we can with what we have. And then when they become adults, they will have the opportunity to do the inner work as well. And so you have to have faith in that. Absolutely. I know we touched on mindfulness and you talked about the additional resources that can be incorporated, such as the book for the mothers as they do that self-care and self-check-in work for themselves. And then you also mentioned the empowerment book for young girls how can uh, mindfulness practices be integrated into their daily lives of the single mothers and their children to navigate this, the grieving process? Yeah. So the daily part, right? That's tough. Cause the, mm-hmm. I, in theory, like this sounds great, but when am I going to fit this into all the stuff I got to do? Exactly. So my meditations are on YouTube and there's lots and lots of great meditations. I have from five minutes to 10 minutes. What I would do I would pull into the parking lot at my job and I do my meditation right in my car. I still do that. If I had one of those busy mornings with the kids, I do this quick little five minute meditation right in my car from my phone. Sometimes I do it when I pull up into the garage, you know, I get out the car yet. Just give yourself a minute <laughs> before you run into the house. Cause when I had yes. my first son child, as soon as I got open that door, my husband was handing me my son. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I need to decompress. Yeah, and I'm like, can I walk in and take off my clothes? Goodness. And I understood because my son, he's a highly sensitive child. 
So when he was a baby, it meant he fussed a lot. Everything was bothering him all the time. And nothing we did calmed him down. So it, it could work your nerves after a while. And we loved him. And so, of course, we're going to spend time with him and hold him and give him what he needed. But sometimes you just need a break. So I learned, okay, sit in your car for five to ten minutes first. Decompress. And a great way to decompress is to do one of these meditations. So that's a great way to fit it in daily. Another way is to create the habit of every time you wake up, three things you're grateful for. So I did this morning. Your, your feet hit that floor. Okay. I am grateful I had this comfortable bed to sleep in. I am grateful that I have heat during this cold weather. <laughs> I am grateful that my kids are healthy. Whatever. Just find three things. Do not get out of that bed until you're done with three things. Because the practice of gratitude shifts your whole mindset. It definitely it does. does. Yeah, so that's another way. Yeah. And then journaling is nice. There's like a five-minute journal I used to use. It's still available. It's available as an app, but I would recommend paper and pen because there's so many other things on your phone <laughs> that's going to distract mm-hmm. you. The journal that we talked about for the Let Your Light Shine, it's a visual journal. has four little boxes, four quick questions, and you just jot some words in there and you're done. A lot of times we overthink it, and so we think, and then we try to get perfect. And say, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Keep it simple. So that's the way to do journaling every day. And then it's the same thing with your kids. I do have kids' journals available now. And they're the same thing. They have little faces on there, smiley face, all the way to an angry face. So all they have to do is circle mm-hmm. one of those How you feel today? Point at that face. What good thing happened today? Draw it in the box. And so it's like a five-minute activity you could do before you go to sleep. So keeping it simple helps you do it daily. I love that. Yeah. We have your kids journal and I do that with AJ at night. Oh, nice. So it's definitely a great practice because it's it's a really good way to get them used to checking in with themselves. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love the practice of it. Mm-hmm. And com- just communicating to others how they're feeling. Yeah. Because there's some kids yeah. like my son, he's very conscious of how he feels, but he's not good at communicating it to us. And I'm like, if you had just told me you were uncomfortable, we would have just left. Like, we don't have to be here. Or if you told me you didn't want to eat that, we would have ordered something else. But some kids have to practice communicating how they're feeling. Definitely helps with that. Mm -hmm. You mentioned gratitude, and I absolutely love gratitude. I actually practiced gratitude first thing in the morning. Everything that you said was exactly what I said this morning. Wow. (laughs) The three things you mentioned. Look at in that. that order wow! <laughs> because I was trying to I was trying to help myself get out of bed and I was really tired this morning and I have a tendency to be like oh I'm just gonna lay here for five more minutes and I was like you know what nope I'm gonna practice gratitude three things three things I'm thankful for and I was still laying in bed I didn't do the part where I let my feet hit the floor which actually would have been a good idea <laughs> but I laid there and I was like I am so thankful for this bed because it was feeling so good and I didn't want to get out of it. <laughs> and the heat was blasting. and I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful for this heat. <laughs> so I just went down my list and then I got up <laughs> and started my day. But yeah, that is absolutely a great way to get it in. We're both moms. We're on the same wavelength with that. Yeah. We definitely are for sure. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. Can you tell us how our listeners can get in contact with you. How can they find you? I know you shared your websites earlier. What about your social media handles and any other way they can contact you? Yes, I am at JJ Hardrick on Facebook, 
Instagram, um, TikTok, and you can find me at LinkedIn, but my full name, Jocelyn Hardrick. And then you can email me at info at jocelynhardrick.com. And what's great is if you go to my website, I have lots of freebies. I uploaded one for your listeners, a mindfulness kind of coloring sheet with butterflies. Some of my books, the ebook I make for free, available on my website. And then the other books, you can just check them out. If you click on them, they'll take you straight to the link where you can buy them. And sometimes the ebooks through Amazon are free. So, and I also have some audio books. So if you want to listen in your car, that's a great way to listen. Um, the Light Shine book will be available by audiobook next year. Lots of great resources. So just check them out and reach out, say hello. Let me know that you heard me on the Zen Single Mom podcast. <laughs> I'll give you an extra shout out and definitely check out the children's book podcast. If you're in the car with your kids or if it's nighttime and you just want something playing in the background, but not the TV, it's a nice little tool for that. So it's been great being here. Thank you. It's been great having you. Thank you for this insightful conversation. It's been awesome. Yes, I appreciate you. Appreciate you too, girl. As we wrap up this episode, special thanks to our wonderful guest, Jocelyn Hardrick, for sharing her insights and the heartfelt narrative behind I Miss You, Daddy. For our listeners, you can explore her book for free at anybookthatinspire.com and be sure to download the Mindful Butterfly coloring pages gifted by Jocelyn, available in the show notes and at thezensinglemom.com. Remember, you're not alone in your journey. Connect with us on social media at the Zen Single Mom and stay tuned for this episode's mindfulness tool, grief journal prompts designed for both moms and children. Subscribe for future empowering content and visit the zensinglemom.com for more resources. Until our next episode, may you find peace, strength, and the support you deserve as you navigate the complexities of single motherhood. Welcome to this episode's mindfulness tool. Today we're diving into a deeply personal journey, the process of grieving and finding healing both for single mothers and their children. I invite you to grab your journals and pens. Let's embark on a journey of self-discovery and healing together. Here are some journaling prompts crafted just for you, tailored to nurture your spirit as you move through grief. Number one, write about a cherished memory you shared with your loved one. Describe the details, the emotions, and how it makes you feel. What lessons or values from that moment do you want to pass on to your children? Number two, write a letter to your departed loved one expressing any thoughts or feelings left unspoken. Share your gratitude, regrets, or anything else you wish you could have said. Allow yourself to release these emotions onto the paper. Number three, journal about three things you are grateful for each day. No matter how small, focusing on gratitude can provide a positive perspective during challenging times and nurture a sense of resilience. Number four, Reflect on your own journey through grief. Write down kind and encouraging words to yourself, acknowledging your strength and resilience. Practice self-compassion and acknowledge the challenges you've overcome. 
And for the little hearts in your life, your precious children who are navigating this journey with you, here are prompts to help them express their feelings and find peace. Number one, write about your favorite memory with your departed loved one. Draw or write about the experience, expressing the emotions associated with that memory. Number two, circle or draw the emotions you have felt since the loss. Write about a specific moment associated with each emotion, allowing you to process your feelings. Number three, write a letter to your departed loved one, sharing your wishes and dreams. Talk about what you hope to achieve, your aspirations, and the things you would like to share if they were still there. Number four, Write about any comforting rituals or habits you have developed to remember your loved one. How do these rituals make you feel? Number five, express your feelings through creative means. Draw, paint, or create a collage representing your emotions. Afterwards, write about your artwork explaining the symbolism behind your creations. Number six, create a chart with different emotions and mark how you feel each day. Write a sentence or two about why you felt that way, allowing you to explore the reasons behind your emotions. Remember, these journal prompts are a safe space for your heart to pour out, to heal and to find strength in vulnerability. Embrace this opportunity to connect with yourselves and each other. Until next time, keep writing keep expressing, and keep supporting one another. You are not alone on this journey. Stay strong, stay connected, and keep the conversation going. Thank you for sharing this moment with us. Take care.